Getting sober requires a lot more than mind over matter, a lot more than willpower. It's about leveraging the support around you. People in recovery typically need a mix of medical help, emotional support, and changes in lifestyle to manage their addiction, not just mental determination. As both a therapist and someone embracing the recovery lifestyle, there's one tool I always recommend to people needing extra accountability, Soberlink. Soberlink is a high-tech breath analyzer system designed to help you get and stay sober. And here's why I love it. You'll test the same day every day, eliminating testing anxiety. Friends and family receive instant test results, helping you rebuild trust and preventing relapse. Accountability is a part of that, and it's something to really be embraced. Devices have built-in facial recognition, so your support circle knows you're testing, and tamper-resistant sensors flag any attempts at trying to beat the system, so your sobriety is never questioned. So let 2024 be your best year yet. Visit Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M to sign up and receive $50 off your device. That's Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M. And let accountability be your guide. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. We are on to episode 112. My guest today is Jeff Nash, and he is going to talk about his recovery story and the importance of finding a long-term community that can support you through the process of establishing sobriety and gaining recovery and changing your life. Jeff is the executive director at Habilitat in Hawaii, and he talks about how that treatment center embraces long-term care and a full community for people to overcome addiction. Jeff's story is very compelling. He talks about his addiction, incarceration, and really being at his bottom and how this recovery model saved his life. So great story. I really enjoyed having Jeff Nash on and uh, enjoyed talking with him. It's awesome. Also, there may be a bit of background noise in this episode. Please be patient with that. And uh, I apologize for that. Just uh, some things are out of our control at times. So also, if you are enjoying the Addicted Mind podcast, please subscribe in iTunes and leave me a review. I'd really appreciate it. It helps get the word out and helps people find the Addicted Mind. All right, let's go ahead and start this interview. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. Today, my guest is Jeff Nash, and he is going to talk about Habilitat and their model for sustained recovery. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on to the Addicted Mind podcast. I am really interested to hear your story, but also to hear your model of addiction treatment. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And it's a pleasure to be here this morning. All right. So tell us a little bit, where does it all start for you? Oh, wow. Well, that's a long story. Like uh, a lot of people, I ended up getting involved with drugs and alcohol at a very young age, about 12 years old. And it got really bad, uh, really fast. By the time I was 16 years old, I was shooting heroin and and other substances uh, intravenously. And of course, that brought a lot of legal problems, a lot of uh, in and out of jail, and lots of treatment. 
and um, I was raised in Texas, Dallas, Texas. And um, I went through uh, about 14 different treatment programs throughout my life and continued really to struggle in and out of jail, in and out of programs till about the age of 30, actually 29 years old uh, is when I finally got it together. And uh, for me, really, I, I realized later that I needed, I needed more than just the normal substance use treatment. Um, I needed kind of a life overhaul. And at uh, some point, I landed in Hawaii, ended up in trouble here, in jail, and eventually ended up at Habilitat. And uh, I kind of took to Habilitat's philosophy like a duck takes to water. They helped me find a passion. They helped me figure out who I was. And uh, come to find out, I had a knack for helping other people. They put me through a lot of training. They sent me to school and, you know, to learn about uh, you know, substance use treatment and administration and things like that. And um, eventually I became the program director for Habilitat. And I, I did that job for about 16 years. I was very blessed. I was trained, actually the last person that was trained by the people who founded the program. Unfortunately, uh, our founder, Vinny Marino, he has since passed away, but I was very blessed to be uh, trained by him and his wife. And then, uh, you know, I did the program uh, director the director of the program for about 16 years. And I think it was 2015, I became the executive director. So I've been with Habilitat now for about 24 years, I think, in different capacities and uh, very much enjoy what we do. And this is, uh, you know, I kind of found my niche, I guess, and uh, got a good, nice life now and been clean and sober for about 24 years. That's and, awesome. That's great. Yeah, that's that's kind of my story pretty similar to a lot of people's stories. Right. Tell me a little bit about the the 14 times of trying treatment. So here you were addicted pretty early, I guess, you know, yeah, I think you said 13 or 14 years old. Yeah, well, I started using drugs at 12. By the time I was 16, I was using intravenously. Right. So using some really hardcore drugs at a very young age, at a very young age of development. And you went to 14 different treatment centers. I mean, that's really like someone who is trying to get help. Yeah. Well, I think to be, to be real honest, I think my family wanted me to get help a whole lot more than I really did. You know, I had, right. uh, uh, okay. like, like a lot of people, I mean, I had uh, some childhood traumas that were unresolved. I was very angry and disenfranchised with life. You know, the family was dysfunctional. Uh, pretty common themes um, with, with substance abuse. But, you know, I, I kept trying and kept trying. And really, it was when I got to be a little bit older and having to go to jail and, and withdraw in jail and watching life pass me by that I began to get a little bit more motivated. To like, you know, I need to get my act together. This is not fun. Uh, it was actually a, a lengthy prison sentence that I was facing that um, for drugs, you know, for, for drugs for drug uh, possession. But that's what prompted me to, to, to try and really dig down deep and try and uh, overcome all these issues. And it took a while. You know, it certainly wasn't fixed in, uh, in a 30-day period. It took me a few years of therapy and a few years of mentorship. But there was a, it sounds like there was a change in you where you said, okay, I got to dig in deeper here. Something's yeah. got to be different. I can't keep going like this. Yeah. You know, it really, 
this is crazy to say, but I, I was on about 90 milligrams of methadone. This is back in the 90s, and I, I went to jail. Of course, they didn't they didn't give me the doses of methadone, so I ended up withdrawing uh, cold turkey from both methadone and heroin on the floor wow. in the jail. And it was a miserable experience. I mean, it was a really miserable experience. So, you know, it was in that fog that I decided, you know, this isn't fun anymore. And, you know, I mean, most of the reason that I was using the drugs was to escape the pain of, of you know, the, that I'd created for myself, really. But it was a coping skill. You know, the drug use was a coping skill, not not a very resourceful coping skill, but it was a coping skill nonetheless. And, uh, you know, the pain of all that really made me decide that I needed to try something else. And I was very blessed because I, I was in jail here in Hawaii. And there's a program here called Habilitat, which is kind of known as the long, hardcore, long-term, hardcore program. And, the, you know, the word on the street was that, you know, if you really want to get your act together, that's the place that you go. And so, you know, I didn't have anything to lose, that's for sure. So I reached out to them in the jail and called them. They came to visit me in the jail. And a few weeks later, they got me out and got me into the program. And uh, so they were able to to take you in and, and you really wanted to, to get some treatment. It sounds like you were kind of ready at that point. Yeah. So you just had to find the right place. You know, that fit you. Yeah, I was, in, I was in the right place mentally and emotionally that I knew something had to change. They, they talk about jails, institutions, and death. Well, I was facing all that, and it became very apparent to me that the gig was up and it was time to make a change, or the only alternative was I was either going to die or, you know, I'd overdosed several times and nearly died, but, uh, you know, I was facing lengthy incarceration because of my drug use. So really, uh, the only choice was to try and really dig down deep and straighten things out. And that's exactly what happened. So then you found Habilitat and they took you in. What was it about that program that spoke to you? Well, originally, to be real honest with you, I just wanted to get out of jail. That's what originally spoke to me. But after I got there, I started to see that there were people there that were like me that had basically worked really hard and pieced their lives back together and and were living beyond their addictions or in spite of their former addictions. And and they had pretty good lives. So I started to see, you know, models of other people who had been where I was and had gotten better and were now living productive lives. So I decided that if they could do it, then I could too. And I really had this moment of this aha moment of, well, if you can't beat them, you might as well join them. And, right. Um, so you saw this model for change. You saw that there was hope out there. Like, I'm. this is kind of miserable for me going through this in and out of prison, uh, you know, withdrawing, you know, getting back on and, and doing all that. And then all of a sudden you're seeing people that you could go, wait a minute, maybe I could do this. And the, the thing about Habilitat is it, it was a very different approach. You know, it wasn't the medical model. So I'd been in all these programs where, you know, I'd go in, I'd, I'd uh, kick the habit for a few weeks. They would medicate me. And then, uh, you know, when my insurance ran out, they would say, okay, well, you're ready to go. And they would send me to clean and sober housing and send me to meetings. And, and there's certainly nothing wrong with any of that. However, for someone like me, uh, I really needed more. I needed more structure. I needed, a, I needed longer term care. I needed a higher level of care. 
And really, a lot of my problems uh, transcended the drug use. You know, I had self-esteem issues. I had self-image issues. I I had a rebellious streak. I I had that mentality of the world owed me a living. And, you know, I really had no job skills, no vocational skills. So Habilitat's approach is very different in that they treat the individual. It's not a one-size-fits-all. And they started to prepare me to, they taught me how to make decisions. You know, they use cognitive behavioral therapy to teach, to basically retrain me how to think. They used, uh, you know, motivational enhancement techniques, motivational interviewing, things like that to create motivation for change. And they helped me to restructure the path that my life was on. And, you know, it was a long-term process, but, you know, in in the end, it prepared me for life. Right. And just to give you, you know, at Habilitat, 100% 100% of the graduates are employed and in stable housing. So I, I was chronically homeless for a while and living in the street. So when they told me, you know, we're going to, we're going to, if you stay and you, you complete the program and go through all the phases of the program, you're going to have a job, you're going to have a safe place to live. And for me in that position, you know, really at that point, Above and beyond just trying to get clean, I really wanted some kind of quality of life. And I, every time I'd gotten clean, life was miserable because I had all these legal problems. I had family problems and whatever. But they really helped me start to straighten out a lot of that stuff. And, of course, I had to continue on with that work uh, even after the program. But they, they got me to a place where my life had meaning and, and I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that made all the difference in the world. And, you know, the reality is... That happened, uh, you know, I came to that place, it was probably 11 or 12 months in the program before I realized that, I, you know, there might be a way for me to beat this thing and to have a good life in spite of my... Yeah, no, I mean, you know, when being able to have that structure around you, um, sometimes you need that, right? And, you know, what we found through the years is that uh, there are a certain segment of the population that the substance using a population that really need uh, more substantial long-term treatment. I mean, I think anybody in, in the treatment industry can agree that you know, the length of treatment certainly matters. And it's a, uh, well, it's a shame because the industry as a whole in the United States has kind of gone the way of the third party payment, which kind of limits in a lot of right. cases, limits the amount of treatment people can get. So we've created this this uh, system where people just uh, revolve in and out like a revolving door and bounce around from place to place. And, and then, you know, some years ago, the venture capitalists got involved. And so yeah. I'm sure you, you, you've read about all that. Yep. You have some of those oh, yeah. in California where, you know, it's really about the, the bottom line, the bottom dollar, uh, rather than the services and, and the success rate. So part of your story is that you got into treatment with Habilitat and then you really, uh, this was a, a model that spoke to you because it was longer term and it, you saw these other people who were getting better that maybe you could do that too. Exactly. In fact, there was some people that I used to run around using drugs with that were uh, already in the program and were at advanced, more advanced levels, and they seemed to be well adjusted. And I could see the changes from our time in the street together, and then you know a year or so later, they're in the program and they're doing much better. So I saw that and I thought, well, you know, if they can do it, there's no reason why I can't do it. So it really gave me a lot of hope. Right, right. So what was different about 
their approach that these other treatment programs maybe didn't have, even though I know you weren't in the right space to partake in their program, because sometimes you just have to be in that, that space and be ready. But what was different or how, how did it look different for you? That's a really good question. And I think it's an important question. Um, for me, I was homeless. I was very lonely. I couldn't, I didn't have anybody I trusted. My family had washed their hands, basically. And uh, I was very disconnected from the human race, basically. And what Habilitat offered me was a sense of community, a sense of connection. You know, when I first got there, they assigned me a big brother who was basically my guide for the first month or so to make sure that I, you know, I showed up where I needed to be in the different sessions on time and, you know, helped me get ready in the morning and taught me how to make my bed and, you know, all these different things. But, you know, I, I felt a sense of community. I felt a sense of belonging. Really, for the first time in many years of my life, I felt like I was among my people, if you will. I felt like I'd found my tribe, if you will. Right, uh, right. You know, and then their approach, it was certainly different in some ways than your typical, you know, medical model treatment program. A Habilitat is not the medical model. It's a behavior, strictly behavioral model. But they started to work with me on a level that had, had never been done before. You know, it was, it was a, there were a socialization aspect to it. They were teaching, you know, right living, pro-social attitudes and behaviors for people that had children. They had uh, parenting classes. If you didn't have your high school diploma, you were enrolled in, in a GED class. If you had no computer skills, they put you in computer classes. And so there were all these things that were offered that went beyond the typical substance use treatment that was more prepared towards changing the lifestyle that you were living. But it also sounds like there was a lot of community, like you felt connected. And I, I think that is so important in addiction because addiction is a, you know, a disease of loneliness, right? It's a disease of aloneness. Yeah. And, and, and some people would say, well, abstinence is the opposite of, of addiction, but uh, I've come to believe that really connection Right. Sometimes is the opposite uh, of addiction. And, and that's what they provided me. You know, another thing is that I had all these criminal issues, you know, from my drug use. Mostly, um, you know, I was a I was a nine time felon because of my drugs. I, I've been arrested for, for drugs uh, over and over and over again. Um, and there was an element which I didn't realize it in the beginning, but they had this element of uh treating the criminogenic needs. So they were addressing all the criminogenic needs. And for some of us... When you say that, what does that mean? Yeah, so when, you're, when you look at addiction through the lens of criminology, so criminology is a study of criminal behavior and how to solve that. And um, when you uh, mix the, the sub, you know, normal substance use uh, treatment with uh, some theories from criminology on how to reduce recidivism. Recidivism is simply reoffending, right? So uh, how do you get someone who's a drug user, how do you improve the rate of reoffending? How do you lessen the rate of reoffending? And, uh, you know, simple things like teaching people, and I know this sounds silly, but it, it's actually scientifically evident, teaching people about positive leisure activities, teaching people how to, uh, how to set boundaries in their friendships. I mean, Habilitat really taught me how to have healthy relations with other human beings. And, um, you know, education level, skill level, there's, uh, I believe there's 10 criminogenic needs and Habilitat basically 
addressed all, you know, tried to address all those criminogenic needs. And they did it in such a way that it, it was an, a Habilitat's treatment model. It's individualized for the needs of the individual. So uh, for the needs of the particular person. So it's not one size fits all. Each person that comes in gets assessed over a long period of time. And then all the services that are needed to enhance that person's life and provide a path to success is brought to bear within the community. I've always looked at Abilita like a recovery community. There's a hundred and something people there. It's a licensed, uh, in fact, it's the largest capacity treatment program in the state of Hawaii. Wow. And wow. Uh, they created a recovery community. Our our founder was, uh, he was ahead of his time. I think he, the Habilitat was founded in 1971. So we've been in continuous operation uh, for nearly 50 years. And he really what he did, I think he, he realized, he saw the writing on the wall that, you know, the 30-day the model, the, the country was moving in that direction. And there were some people that that just wasn't enough for them and they were never going to find the success they needed there. So he created a long-term thing that was based on kind of a family concept, really. Right. So you have this community that you create and then you're also getting the the life skills because you were talking about how they teach you how to do leisure. And, and if you don't, if you've grown up in with trauma and abuse, a lot of those very basic skills that a lot of people who don't have addiction take for granted aren't there and you can't regulate yourself. You can't, life, it doesn't um, operate very smoothly if you don't have that, those skills. And then it sounds like then on top of that, they kind of create a family atmosphere. Exactly. And for a lot of us, that was a big void in our lives. Like we had become, right. most of us by our own doing, but we, we had become disconnected from any kind of family. And, uh, you know, living in the streets is a very lonely thing. Being in prison is a very lonely thing. So, yeah, they, they created that. And, well, you know, one of the things that I learned along the way, my, my family, um, they were not bad people. They tried really hard to raise me right. They certainly provided me with lots of opportunities that I didn't take advantage of the right way. But the reality is a lot of the stuff that I learned later, um, I figured out that my parents did not teach me these things. And I used to be very angry about it, but the reality is they can't teach what they don't know. So we see this a lot. You see people come in and, you know, maybe they were raised in a household where addiction was, uh, was an issue with multiple generations. And the reality is the parents can't, you know, pass on or train children if they don't, you know, if they don't know themselves. So right, I yeah. learned a lot of things in Habilitat that my parents weren't ever taught either. And well, let's face it, when you have a child, my parents were very young. They were teenagers when they had me and I was, you know, not expected. I wasn't planned, but they did, you know, they tried, they did their best, but uh, I didn't come with a manual and um, no kids do. So parents do the best they can, but, you know, parents don't always have the knowledge, especially when it comes to substance issues. Let's face it. It's a complicated issue, multifaceted issue, and uh, most parents don't know what to do about it. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, and, it, and it becomes such a challenge. And you need that real supportive community that's going to walk with you through all of the ups and downs of, you know, getting sober, building recovery. You got to have the rooms to make the mistakes and learn and be accepted and 
and said, Hey, okay, let's try it differently this time and not be shamed out of the family, you know? And sometimes we need that kind of create that family. Yeah, exactly. So we, um, Currently have about 105 people in the program. Some come from the mainland USA. Some come from here. Uh, most of them, about 65% were uh, homeless at some point. About 60% were incarcerated uh, previously. Lots of dysfunctional families. Uh, most of the people here in Hawaii um, that come to the Bilitat, um are meth users. Most of the people that come from the mainland U.S. are opiate users. And then, you know, sprinkled in there is a few alcoholics and, and cocaine addicts and whatever. But, you know, the reality is when you remove the substance, uh, really the substance isn't all that important. You remove the substance and what you have is people that are hurt, people that are scared, people that are lost. And, uh, you know, we try to provide them uh, with an avenue back to being part of the human race, you know. So really digging in and working on those core issues of emotion regulation, behavior modification, and allowing a space for them to do it. And, uh, you know, emotional intelligence is, uh, right. It's not too, it's not that common in the world that we live in now, but, um, you know, not not quite exactly. (laughs) Uh, with all that's going on in our world. Right. But, um, Everybody take a deep breath. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But, you know, that's something that's taught. It's not, you know, you're not born emotionally intelligent. You typically model emotional strategies from your upbringing, right? So if if you're up, you know, if you're brought up with a family that didn't do well emotionally or didn't have good emotional strategies, then... Uh, typically, you're not going to either until you're put in a, a position where you have people you know, modeling a different type of strategy. So that's another one of the things that Abilitat's real big on is uh, you know emotional intelligence. How do you make good decisions? How do you regulate emotion? And I think what I hear you saying and, and what is so hopeful and I hope people can hear is that these are skills you can learn. Yes. Like, you know, I mean, the hard part is you don't know where to learn the skills. You know, you, if you don't have them, you don't know what you don't have. But other people do know and you can go to them. And a lot of people like yourself are willing to train you to, yeah. to do it better, to do yeah. it differently. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I've always felt like uh, they should be teaching some of this stuff to children in school. Oh, without but, a doubt. You know, they, they taught me a lot about algebra and geometry and things like that, which I, you know, I've really never used very much. Uh, but they did very little to teach us in school about uh, emotional intelligence and things like that. I think that uh, we've really sold ourselves short by not teaching kids about this. But, you know, it's, it's been shocking to me because there's, you know, there's a lot of normal folks. When I say normal folks, not, you know, people that don't have substance issues that are not emotionally intelligent either. Uh, yeah, they just yeah. have other coping skills, right? So uh, we're real big on, on emotional intelligence. We're real big on uh, making good decisions and, and what we call right living or pro-social attitudes and behaviors. And at this point also, there's a, you know, there's been a lot of research into our neurobiology and understanding how these skills work and how we can shift emotions and change emotions to have a more positive outcome for our life. 
Yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of studies that are, are, are going on, and we use some tried and true methods. I mean, all the staff are trained in cognitive behavioral therapy, and right, uh, right. Know, we have training on motivational interviewing, and, you know, and that uh, those skill sets are, uh, in my opinion, a diminishing skill, so you have to, you know, you have to keep up the practice of them to be effective with their use. Uh, but we do other things that are kind of outside the box. Um, you know, I was trained in uh, neurolinguistic programming, uh, NLP for addictions, and actually the state the state of Hawaii here had a training course on NLP. And you know, I uh, right some um, hypnosis techniques and uh, you know various things like that, even acupressure tapping, which is a, a hybrid form of like EMDR and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now we, we don't actually do EMDR, but we you know we have some alternative therapies that we use in certain circumstances that are really good at you know uh, crisis intervention and things like that to bring uh, emotional states down to a workable level or whatever. So you know we we've um, we've done a lot of things through the years, and our founder kind of taught us that Habilitat was always going to be an evolving thing. So we're constantly looking, we're constantly studying and learning to see how we can better help the people that uh, come to us for help. So Habilitat is a 28-month-long residential treatment program. It's it's multi-phase. There's the treatment phase, which is about six months of intense treatment. Then we have a, what's called a reentry phase, where we start to prepare them for reentering society. And basically, it's reentry programming. And then we have a post-reentry phase, which is transitional training to prepare them. There's actually a couple months set aside to prepare them for the transition out of the program so that we don't get the culture shock or, you know, things like that. Right, right. Um, so, so they may stay with you for a couple of years. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, people, the reality is people that come to us that make that level of commitment, typically they're ready for change. Right. They tip, our typical client has uh, been through lots of other treatment programs. I have a, a young lady that, that works with us now who graduated, uh, I don't know, a year or so ago. She's 28 years old. She's been through, she's from California, Chino Hills, California. She's been through 25 treatment programs. She's only 28 years old and nothing seemed to work. And, and she came to us and we, you know, over a period of a couple of years, we were able to straighten her out. Um, she had lost her child uh, to the system. She's been able to get her child back. She's fully employed now. She's insured now. I mean, she's living a great life at this point. But it took an investment. And, you know, if 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 I had any uh, important message to send today that for, you know, for those that can go to a, a treatment program the first time and get their act together, bravo, good on you. But for those of us that continue to struggle and nothing seems to work, at some point, it might behoove us to make a longer-term commitment to a longer-term treatment program. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of long-term treatment programs left in America because it's not easy to fund. Habilitat's very unique in that we don't have any contracts with the government, so we're not government-funded, although we do get some grant monies, things like that. And then also we don't bill insurance. we, We have a lot of community support. I am very proud of the fact that if you come from Hawaii and you need our help, I have never turned anybody away because of inability to pay. We're much more interested in the level of commitment and the willingness to go through the process to put their lives back together. Wow. So you're able to provide 
care in in this model. Exactly. And keep in mind, we've been around for nearly 50 years. We have tremendous support from our community. We have thousands of graduates that are, you know, went through our program and now they're living good lives. Some of them are business owners. We have girls that are nurses in the hospitals. One female actually went to medical school, became a doctor, several CPAs, you know, lots of very, very successful people that if, if you met them today, you would never know that they had serious problems with substance use, you know, because that was a long time ago and they've moved past that. And they have pretty normal lives now. And so we have a whole alumni association from people going back to the 70s that are instrumental in creating support and mentorship and uh, things like that uh, on a continued basis. So I really hear that you guys really build a community. You you dig in for long-term care to give people the time they need to make the changes to to better their their life. And, and that's what I really hear you saying. So what I'd love to ask Jeff is, if someone out there is struggling and they're struggling with addiction, maybe they can't get to your treatment center. Maybe they got to go somewhere else, but what would you want to tell them? Like what would the message you'd want to give them? Well, so anybody that's struggling with substance use issues um, did help. And sometimes it can seem like there's no way out, but you know, I tried 14 different attempts at treatment and it took that many times for me to get it. I believe that any treatment is better than no treatment. However, I also know from my experience that not all treatment centers uh, are created equal. Find what works for you. Um, certainly, if you're interested in a program like Habilitat, um, and there are a couple of other programs around the country that are, are similar, uh, but if you're interested in coming to Hawaii, and by the way, Hawaii is a really nice place to get your act together. But if you're interested in coming to Hawaii, uh, you can call us at 1-800-872-2525. You can also go check out our website online at habilitat.com. And uh, you can kind of get a glimpse into what we do. And, and, you know, if you're interested to find out more about us, feel free to email me. Or if you'd like to talk to me specifically, you can call me at the same number. My email address is first initial J, last name Nash, J Nash, all one word, at Habilitat.com. If you're on the mainland and can't find a way to get here and you want a referral to somewhere else, we would be happy to try and help you with that as well. But my main message is keep at it, keep uh, seeking recovery. And if you work at it, eventually you will find the help that you need. My father once gave me a piece of advice, uh, bless his heart, he's since passed. But he told me years ago, he said, Jeff, you're going to stop using drugs one way or another. That fell on deaf ears many years ago, but now I realize what he was saying. Uh, he was saying either I was going to find a solution and get beyond my uh, substance use, or I was going to end up dying from it, uh, which so many people have, and it's very unfortunate. I have lots of friends who didn't make it out alive. So my thing is go to treatment. Go to treatment. Get treatment. Uh, if that one doesn't work, go to another treatment. And, and if you realize that you need a longer-term treatment, then give us a call and see what we can do to help you. So that would be my message. Seek treatment. Thank you so much, Jeff, for sharing your wisdom and, and sharing your hope. I totally appreciate you coming on to the Addicted Mind podcast. And I will include all those links in the show notes as well. So everybody, you can check it out there. 
Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Dwayne. You take care. Thanks for having me. Aloha to you and be safe. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Addicted Mind podcast. Don't forget, all the show notes will be at theaddictedmind.com forward slash 112. And if you are enjoying the Addicted Mind podcast, please subscribe or share the podcast with a friend or even think about writing us a review. I love to read the reviews and it helps get the word out about the Addicted Mind podcast so other people can find it and use this as a resource in their own recovery. All right, everyone, have a wonderful day and I will talk to you on the next episode. It's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.